Hello, friends, and welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty. I'm here with my co-host, Daniel Quinn and Courtney Staples. On today's episode, we have a brand new prompt coming in from a brand new listener, Tucker. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now that uh, this feels like a targeted attack towards me and my person. Um, I'm just going to read the prompt right now. It is Land of a Thousand Dwarves. Imagine a Tolkien-esque fantasy world, but a catastrophe has caused all other races to die out, only leaving dwarves. The world could be a weird post-apocalyptic version of Middle-earth or a different world entirely, but as long as there are only dwarves left. So Tucker, again, um, in in some states and in some countries, this is certainly considered uh, some kind of assault. Um, but remember that if you want us to build your world, we will do anything as this prompt will provide, um, just go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com. You can submit a prompt, uh, there and we will build it live on air. If you want to follow us on social media, you can go to our Twitter at let's world build, or you can come join our community on discord where we chat about how terrible dwarves are quite often. Uh, and if you're feeling particularly generous, you can always give us money over on Patreon. So let's get right into the episode. Who wants to start us off with their tenet of Dwarf World? <laughs> um, I could get us going. All right, Courtney, what, what what do you got for us today? All right. So mine has to do with how this apocalypse catastrophe happened in the first place. Oh, um, OK. And. I was actually watching uh, Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers yesterday because it's a great movie and wanted it's to kind movie. of get in the mood for this prompt. And, yep. um, and seeing Mount Doom in the background, it was like, oh, like, why wouldn't, what about some like gigantic volcanic explosion along the lines of um, the Yellowstone caldera? Yeah. Which is the super volcano in Yellowstone that if it were to erupt and thankfully there's like no chance of that happening, but if it were to erupt, it would basically like destroy the United States. So I figure something along that scale of like Mm -hmm. a giant volcano in this fantasy land, just something either maybe gets tossed into it that creates some sort of explosion or there's like a, a magic user who Mm. creates an eruption. Um, But I thought that would be interesting. So we have the Giga Volcano mm-hmm. that destroys all of the other um, races on the planet. That's yeah, what it I'm just hearing. like wipes out the surface, basically. Right. Okay. Yeah. So uh, there's no collusion here, but your mm-hmm. tenant actually maps very well with mine. And I want to mm-hmm. get mine out now. We can discuss both at once. Mm-hmm. My first tenant was. The dwarves are directly responsible for the other races dying out. <laughs> that that does really work well, actually. Yeah, wow. doesn't it? Wow. So we can we can now discuss what the dwarves did to make this mega volcano erupt. I, I think they dug too greedily and too deep. I was gonna say the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, see, I, I, I always like the idea that the dwarves are just kind of spiteful, but how does digging too far into a volcano make it erupt? That's the question for me, because to me, wouldn't that just mean that like your dwarf fortressing the magma veins into yourself? Because mm-hmm. oh, I have a feeling that the, the volcano isn't all that it seems. It mm-hmm. isn't a normal volcano. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so what are you, what are you implying here, Daniel? I'm very interested about this. Like for it to just, I mean... You know, a volcano will do a massive amount of damage to an ecosystem, but we're talking fantasy land, right? Mm-hmm. So this volcano must have must must have something really powerful in it, and they're digging in there, like really blew that up and eradicated entire races, except for theirs. So either the dwarves have a way of surviving um, this kind of cataclysm that the other races don't, or like I don't know, like they may have something to do with um, you know having an understanding of how that power works. Mm. Ooh, what if it was like some like ancient dragon egg in the volcano mm. that they that kind of cracked open when they triggered the eruption and so now there's like this enormous dragon also flying around the surface scorching oh, everything and it just killed everything yeah okay i i can certainly i can certainly see that happening we we've now got um the wow expansion cataclysm which i'm i'm kind of okay with here mm-hmm 
especially if it means that that the dwarves are like dragon worshippers in a way mm-hmm. like that might be a cool like angle to have for them like maybe maybe the mythology around it is they dig deep into the earth so they can find dragon eggs and they just so happen mm-hmm. to find this one which is like the world ender you know like mm-hmm. it's the end boss of all end bosses you know mm-hmm. 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 so, so it's the like- Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. So it's like the, it's interpreted as like the volcano going off, but really it's the dragon awakening and destroying everything. And in addition to the volcano, I was going to say, why yeah. not both? You yeah, know, like, definitely. Why not the massive cataclysm be a combination of, you know, like, uh, do, do you guys like a lava know? volcano? It pops out of the volcano. Yeah. A lava drop a dragon, rather. And lava then, volcano. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you guys know about the, um, the year without a summer? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who might not know, the year without the summer is the year where Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein and it's uh, written. Th- there's a whole story behind it, but in, it's in part because a volcano erupted, which cooled down and, and like the earth. So it was basically just not hot. It was so there was so much volcanic ash and clouds uh, that blocked out the sun that it was just cool for the entire summer. Read about that story because her writing Frankenstein is actually a really interesting story in and of itself. There's way more sex and uh, queer stories in it than you would imagine. It's a really cool story. I would recommend looking it up. Anyway, I think that we can have something that is like we can take that right where, oh, well, it was just cool in Europe for a summer and then like make that like, oh, no, this killed plant life or something Mm -hmm. like that, you know, like really go over the top with it. Yeah, like kind of turns the surface of the world into the road oh yeah where it's just like like a gray desolate like ash is covering everything so nothing can grow mm, yeah and uh, well do we have to go as dark as the road because no no i think we should (laughs) think we should keep it a little little less horrifically depressing (laughs) i was gonna say i would prefer not to look into any stew pots if we can certainly Uh help it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well we have we have some leeway to go dark because it is a post-apocalypse of course yeah of course. well now it's a post-apocalyptic world yes so daniel why don't you steer us in a direction and and we'll see what you say what's your first tenet um i had written down that the dwarves are facing extinction themselves but as more and more of them die off they individually become more powerful oh okay that's fun so so what about their physiology or what about the magic that they use, if they use magic at all, allows them to become more powerful? And in what way? I mean, I guess we would need to understand um, more about the dwarves themselves to begin with. Well, here's, here's what I'm thinking, right? Uh, I'm going to combine a bunch of concepts here and I want you to see if it works for you. Um, dwarves are known primarily for their greed. Mm-hmm. Or, or in a large part due to their greed, correct? Uh, oh. What if the magic that they use works similarly? And so, th- you know, the the magic source is in and of itself greedy. So the less people that use it, they become more powerful. They're essentially powered by greed. And this is um, deeply inspired by Jeff John's run on Green Lantern and the greed core there is a single member of the 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 greed core in the beginning of the story and everything and they are they have the power of all of the green lanterns put together it's this incredible massive power and it's because they're driven by greed um do do we can we combine that and then can we also maybe look to the dragon as well so maybe we can combine all these concepts together and maybe um, the dragon is bestowing favor onto the dwarves for releasing it. And mm. because it is also covetous itself, the less dwarves there are, the more each of them gain power and favor from the dragon. Can can we substitute greed with nobility? Um, and I ask that only because I'm thinking back to like Lord of the Rings dwarves who tend mm. to be um, kind of lonely and noble, honestly. Um, in the sense that they, they're always looking back to a time that, um, was great and they've, they've been mm. like made lesser than, mm. um, only because like we've seen, you know, we see greedy dwarves a lot, um, 
I'm sure well, there's yeah. greed as part of it for them. Well, um, Tolkien Tolkien started that whole trend. I mean, they the like 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 Courtney said, they dug too deep and too greedily. Mm-hmm. Like that was part of who they are. So you're saying that we kind of maybe move away, maybe that like, digging has changed their attitude because of this disaster. Sure, I can I can see something like that. So so mm-hmm. take that take that idea and run with it, Daniel. What do we want to see? What's the concept we want to run with? So I'm trying to take what you just said and, and like put in nobility instead so um although what you described like makes more sense mechanically like it's easy it's like it it makes it work in terms of um you know reducing one thing and then the other thing becomes more powerful um Mm -hmm. so i'm trying to see how do we switch that without them being noble okay i mean maybe maybe it is still the case the greed the functions that way but they're not happy about it what if um the greed exists but it's more of like a physical thing in that Mm -hmm something about the wealth that they hoard gives them strength or maybe they consume like metals and gemstones oh. and maybe that's even why they also revere dragons because dragons are hoarding all this treasure that's so not maybe, a bad idea yeah. yeah i like that i mean yeah. maybe maybe what you said is the case but i just want to say like maybe they're not happy about that fact like right. they're not going home about it like they wish there was a time before they woke this dragon up and they didn't have to do all this stuff Mm-hmm. Well, if if we take the same concept on an emotional spectrum and kind of mm-hmm. like kick it down the road a little bit, we can also take that same concept and maybe look at it from grief. You know, like yeah, maybe as more and more I mean. of these dwarves die off, the burden of being the last of the dwarves becomes yeah. heavier and heavier. Mm-hmm. And so they become more powerful as mm-hmm. more and more of them die. That's, you know, like, yeah, that's what I'm, I'm mm-hmm. trying to go for. Yeah. I, like, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I feel like we can certainly do that. Cause I could like picture even like, you know, a dwarf King lonely in his hall. He's, he has all of this metals and stuff he's hoarded around himself and he just regrets it all, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. Even though yeah, he's really I, powerful. Yeah. I, I think that, I think I can probably run with that a little bit more. Like I think that we can take the basic concept, mm-hmm. push it to its extreme turn it about 90 degrees and then we see grief and then, yeah, that's, yeah. that's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that we can certainly do that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go ahead and kick out my second tenet because uh, again, no collusion here, but it, it kind of works with everything that we're kind of going with. My second tenet is the dwarves refuse to leave their mountain homes. So the world above is left to the beasts essentially. And mm-hmm. that yeah. might be to the track. It might be the dragon or it might be just like complete overgrown nature type thing. You know, like it might be a gray landscape like uh, Courtney implied with the road and everything like that. Or that could be or we could see like, you know, like that's the first age and the second age is, you know, like a a great vernal bloom of some Mm. kind, you know, but I'm open to ideas here or, or suggestions. So again, no collusion, but my my second tenet was also about like the state of the surface. And um, I was thinking that it would be full of ghosts of everybody who died. Yes. I'm totally okay with that. Like extremely dangerous and just very eerie and haunting and bizarre. Um, And I think there's also an opportunity to bring in like Ents from Lord of the Rings and have like these kind of half dead trees that are really pissed mm-hmm. off at everything undead ends yeah <laughs> pretty much uh can we can we maybe go a little bit further and maybe kind of twist it a little bit mm-hmm. uh maybe the ghosts are able to possess the ends so cool. it's like a um it's like a dryad situation mm-hmm. but because they're ghosts it's like they also like wither the tree and make them these horrible like gray twisted bowed monstrosities instead picturing those game of thrones trees oh the ones with like the faces yeah 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 oh oh, oh, oh. yeah Yeah, sure we can do that too the the, the tree of the old gods right yeah 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. or in the game on valheim if any of you have played it it's uh kind of like a open world survivalish thing Mm -hmm. but there's a swamp ecosystem where um the trees have these like weird kind of green pustules on them i could see that being like the ghosts living inside of them. Oh, so so like it's a it's like a cancer, yeah. like a spiritual yeah. cancer of some kind. Yeah. Also, is it one dragon or is it multiple dragons? That's a good question. I feel like this one would be like some sort of mega dragon. Okay, but maybe there are other like 
smaller dragons around, but this is like the cataclysm level dragon. I, I like the idea that there's a clutch of eggs that they mm. find. Like, oh, I yeah. think that that's kind of an interesting idea because now you have political intrigue with the dragons that are on the earth. Like, hey, they have to now carve out territory and now you have multiple entities that you can have to deal with, you know, stuff like that. I, I think there's- Are they all Godzilla size? Uh, right. Bigger, I would say. Okay. Enormous, yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. all God, mega Godzillas. <laughs> well, actually, which Godzilla? Because it really depends on uh, the movie that you're talking hmm. about. I don't know, like some obscenely huge. <laughs> like, I, I'm thinking like Shin Godzilla size, maybe. So they're they're massive and maybe there's like five of them or four of them or something like that. And then we can, you know, like they, like their collective eruption is as big as a singular cataclysmic monster. Mm-hmm. You know, and then because, again, now you get like Dragon Wars where they got to fight out the territory and be number one and stuff like that. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, Courtney and I seemingly really wrote our tenets <laughs> together here um, and yet not at all. But I'm still very excited uh, so, Daniel, why don't you take us home? Your your final tenet. What's your final tenet going to be? It reads, there exists an artifact deep within the earth that contains the essence of all races, extinct and extant. Mm. Okay. So you, they, they have the opportunity to bring them all back is what you're, op- mm-hmm. you're op- offering with this, right? Possibly, yes. Okay. Um, that's not a bad thought. I like that idea a lot. Does it include dwarves? It says extinct and extant, so both. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just well, I, I'm I'm just curious because if we're going with like this grief as a power flow or a power system, you know, d- will, would that mean that they bring their dwarves back and then so they're all looking for this thing? And if so, like why wouldn't they all be digging for this at the same time if they know that it exists? Um, I'm guessing it bring, it has the, the concept of the essence of a race. So maybe like, um, it wouldn't bring back the dead. It would bring, it would make it possible for the race to continue to exist. Mm. So this is, this is almost like the Antarctica, like seed vault type. thing. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Like, it's Mm -hmm. like not a way of resurrecting people, but it's a way of like, I don't know, restoring the very race itself. So like you can have new life. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, how, so so I would love to explore that a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea what it is other than that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So let's talk about that then. How what's the process that's involved here once they find this vault and they find the essence of other sentient races within? Mm-hmm. Like um, can, is it, how do you bring what them it back? Is. I wonder what? what it looks like. Is it like is it like a boat? Is it an object? Is it well, we could bean? we could make it uh, like really on the nose and have them be like literal seeds, but like mm-hmm. seeds of light, you know, or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm open to ideas. Maybe it should mirror in some way the dragons. So make them eggs? Yeah, or something like that. Because yeah. like it was in the volcano, so I don't know. Yeah, I can mm. see like a nest of eggs buried deep in the center of the earth. Like what's the opposite of the dragon? St. George? (laughs) Paladin. (laughs) I I mean... Opposite in what way? Um, Conceptually, I guess. Um, Like, a dragon is um, greed, destruction, um, eternity, Mm -hmm. enormousness, you know. So you want something small with a short lifespan, no scales, and brings life. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, is it like... Um, arm art like to go with your St. George concept is it like ornaments you know is it something you don is it I don't know is it a matter of it does oh but does the does the dragon contain it like do you have to wear this armor and defeat the dragon that's exactly what I was thinking you know Uh, yeah or like the heat from the dragon's flame somehow activates Mm -hmm. it Uh, yeah the the concept to think about it right what brings about the end of all life is the dragon. Maybe mm-hmm. this thing, maybe, maybe the cataclysm is just part of it, but maybe it's like ambiently drawing life from these things. And it's like kind of collecting all of their soul essences within the dragon's body in some way. Oh, cause so it's by, killed them all. So it has their, right. it has them in it. it is Again, yeah. So we can make the dragon greed and mm-hmm. you can have it be. So like the original dwarves who uncovered the clutch of eggs, 
mm-hmm. were like cultists who thought they wanted greed until they actually got it. Right. And so that's why you see their magic shift from greed to grief. You know, I mean, like, definitely it's got to be at armor, I think, and a weapon because think about dwarves, dwarves and think yeah. about yeah. Yeah, the epic yeah. fantasy. Like they're going to put, you know, someone's going to find this thing, however it's found, put it on. And now you've got like in Lord of the Rings when the old king is restored and mm-hmm. he's determined to, you know, undo what's been done. Right. And he has to go and face the dragon. Of course. Mm-hmm. And do we want it to be? So my question becomes, do you want it to be armor or do we want to make it a special type of metal that the dwarves have to <gasps> they forge? Uh, yes. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Uh, because if we're bringing in dwarves, then we have to make sure that we get that, you know, it's like the metal to forge. It's of what, if, yeah. what if each race has a different type of metal associated yeah. with it and they're, there are different veins that they have to like meld down and yeah. combine together. Yeah, Absolutely. there's different different veins in the volcano that's yeah. left deposits of it yes. to get the metals. <laughs> so, so each piece of their armor represents a different race of mm-hmm. you know fantastical mm-hmm. peoples, and then of course to to really bring in the Captain Planet aspect of it. <laughs> yeah. The weapon that you need to slay the dragon is actually all of them combined mm-hmm. into an alloy that can yes. pierce the dragon. Yes. Body. Into okay. a massive ass warhammer. <laughs> See, why warhammer and not something that like can pierce the heart and release because the soul? Because it's always a sword. And I'm just dwarves love big, heavy objects that are blunt. They do. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine running in there with this little four foot dude? <laughs> He's got this warhammer that's like eight <laughs> feet long, and he just smacks the dragon in the head with it, and then well, the I- dragon's head cracks open. Like I was, I mm. see, I, I love that concept. I <laughs> wanted to go with like maybe a, an axe. Or know? maybe it's, maybe it's an axe with a warhammer, but the both ends. You know what? <laughs> we can compromise. We can come together. Look, if yeah. I can sit here and talk about dwarves without throwing up in my mouth the entire episode, <laughs> I'm willing to be diplomatic here. We can make yeah. it on one end. There's a warhammer yeah. on the yeah. other. There's an axe. Love it. There we go. Yes. It represents <laughs> yeah. both the, um, I don't know. I can't even find a metaphor for that. It's just, it's, it's quintessentially dwarf-like. Mm-hmm. Sure. I'm I'm okay with this and what's happening right now. Uh, <laughs> and there's a shield, obviously. Oh, of course. Yeah. And a helmet. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, exactly. And they all represent different, you know, races mm-hmm. that have died out mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yes. And I, I think too, this warrior, he knows he has to sacrifice himself. Mm-hmm. Because by killing this dragon, he's going to open up the possibility that these races will come back in the end. You know, like we'll start to grow again. And but we'll probably be pissed at the dwarves. Let's be mm-hmm. real. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. if if they learn the truth, that is, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, All maybe right. the dwarves would just hide the truth. That's true. Kind of very. I mean, it's it's possible too, depending on how you want to play with the lore. That mm-hmm. maybe the dwarves, because they're always digging for stuff, they found it, but the other races like colluded with them, like the greedy ones from each race, to uh, uh, remove it, and so they're mm-hmm. all responsible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the question now becomes: Why is it the dwarves survived? Is it just because oh, of yeah. their mountain homes, or is it because they have more collusion with the, with the dragon than the others? I mean, yeah, initially I was picturing it as just the fact that they're dwelling in the earth. So they yeah, they're that, underground people. that layer of protection separating them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure there could be like a, a more magical element to it, too. Mm. I have a feeling I have a feeling it might be just as simple as like they know how to live in the earth. And yeah, they're the most what well, they can endure the best because we did say that they're also facing extinction, which mm-hmm. is happening slower. For it's them. true. It's true. Yeah. 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 Um. So so let's think about this. Can we make it like a magical pact that means that they're slowly dying off? And so like, or rather because they broke the pact that kept them safe initially, that they have been dying off. Like they've lost the thing that kept them safe to begin with. Like they chose to go to the surface. No, actually, because my tenant directly says that they refuse to leave their mountain homes. Oh, right. So it's mm-hmm. more a matter of like, they they make a decision to fight against the dragons. And so that means that, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. I, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about different things now. Mm-hmm. Mm. Can we have, can we have a, a dragon for each race as well? Sure. Yeah. So, so that means that, you know, you've got to now hunt down four or five of them. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, we've got, you, you know, we've got humans on our side now, but they're all children, so that's not helpful. <laughs> you, know, you know, like something like that anyway. 
Yeah, I mean, maybe it's not just one set of... Because they're forging these things. Maybe it's multiple sets of weapons, you know? So, like, there's several dwarves that have to go out, you know? Mm -hmm. And each one will fall. I kind of like the idea as well that this is an intergenerational tale as well. Mm -hmm. So, maybe there's a dwarf who is able to take down a dragon, right? Yeah, that's what Mm -hmm. I mean. Yeah, and then, then so, so, like, hundreds of years go by between each dragon's death until... You know, like the last one is going to be the most powerful, most conniving, most manipulative and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's 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 see if we can bring it back around and be like, okay, are the dwarves themselves? Maybe they I'm I'm still trying to, like, connect some dots here for me that for some reason just aren't sitting right. I'm trying to figure out why they're not sitting right and like what I can do to, like, make myself feel better about it. because in my mind, I see the dwarves as like a, a a supplicant race. Like they are the ones who are like, "Look, we're willing to give up our freedoms," and then and and then they rebel. And then the first time they figure out how to kill the dragon is the dwarves freeing themselves. You give them a heroic bent. You give them like a freedom fighter bent, something like that. Does that sit right with the rest of you, or is that like me just kind of dealing with my own shit here? What do you mean by? Uh... Like, how do you, because they have to leave their, their holds to go and face the dragon. Oh, wait a minute. You just gave me an idea. The dwarves can't leave their homes. And so when they leave to fight the dragon, they're leading to certain death. Yeah. Certainly. Maybe that begins their extinction. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so it's like this kind of, and maybe you send out multiple heroes and being like, Hopefully one of them will kill a dragon, right? And we will yeah. never know because we can't surface and figure out what's going on up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it also speaks to their nature, right? So if they're if they know magically they're safe as long as they stay in their strongholds, but they know the world has been destroyed by these dragons, that they're partly responsible for having awakened or totally responsible. the The fact that they have to decide, um, like one of them will have to decide against their grief, but also. It, towards their courage as a decision that mm. they need to go out and break this magical pact and begin their extinction to end these dragons. Like that's kind of a cool epic moment because mm. now you have this king saying, no, you're all cowards. I'll go myself and take the forged armor and I will slay the first dragon. Mm. And so yes. then it begins their extinction. Yeah, no, I'm totally yeah. down with I that. Like, like that. I like the heroic angle that we can get there, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then his his son, you know, decides I won't let that be a death in vain. And then he goes to the next dragon, and it goes mm-hmm. on for the generations as they as they start to die off. Right, and mm-hmm. then yeah, that's not bad. Um, and they become more powerful, you know, as as they're getting older and as they're dying off because that the function of their greed works that way, even though they regret it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's and and that's where you see that shift from greed to grief, mm-hmm. exactly. right? Like. Like each each dwarf holds the death of the previous hero mm-hmm. deeper and stronger than the last. And yeah. so it's like it's it, when I say grief, it also means legacy in a lot of ways mm-hmm. as well. And, and the dragon's things. becoming more powerful because its yeah. function works the same way, right? Like as each race is killed, it gets more powerful, just like yeah. they're getting more powerful as they right. become mm-hmm. lesser in number. There's also an aspect to it where these dragons, when they first arrived, were probably children and like were mm-hmm. just kind of thrashing about because they're like, it's it's like a really <gasps> overexcited puppy that's too big for its own good. Are they so were there like a ton of them and then they all kind of ate each other until they got like gigantic and now I'm towards okay. the end. Oh, now towards the end, so I'll say it again. Were they all? Was there like a whole lot of them, like little ones in the beginning, like a, a storm of of dragons, and then they all kind mm-hmm. of eat each other and get bigger and bigger until we're and we end up with like five giant ass ones. That could be cool. I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah. 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 And then of course you can have like cool like uh, and now of course each dragon has their own personality you can even have like a pair of them that are twins mm-hmm. that are like we're sticking together like the fu- fuck the rest of you guys we're like this is our domain there's two mm-hmm. of them as opposed to just a singular one there's a lot i'm saying there's a lot you can do there in terms of personality yeah i think that's great mm-hmm. never thought i'd say this but uh yeah that sounds pretty cool <laughs> I just, I mean, I think dwarves, like, especially Tolkien dwarves, like, they always have this um, epic sensibility to them just in mm-hmm. how he defines them. So I think that they're always a perfect fit for this sort of thing. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm going to bite my tongue and give you that one, Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not a fan of dwarves, so I'm just saying that's this based on what I know from Tolkien primarily, because I really don't care it's about true. dwarves. It's true. <laughs> Um, I, I really feel like it's it's the more derivative like fantasy that kind of ruins dwarves for me. Yeah, I feel mm-hmm. like you that know? too. Like there's not there's not depth to them. I feel like in what I've seen in other video games. That, I mean, granted, like even in Warcraft, they're fun. You know, like they've got a strong flavor to them, but they lack that I don't know emotional depth that I remember from Lord of the Rings in particular. I promise you I will not go into my full spiel again, but I'm at least going to bring up the point of order that I always have a problem with dwarves, which is why not just make them humans? Because to me, there's nothing about dwarves that it, that it, that tells me that they are a different species or a different race other than like they're they're shorter. They have stocky beards and they live longer. But like, realistically, I feel like you could just make that a human and like not lose any of the dwarvenness. Like you call them dwarves and still have, you know what I mean? Like, does that make sense? Or am I just like being bitter about this? Um, no, I don't, I, <laughs> I've always felt like I agree with you that like, you don't want to have mm-hmm. knockoff derivative races that are just um, uh, an aspect of humanity that's been taken to an extreme. I just feel like sometimes the purpose of a fantasy race isn't it, it's actually to be physically different. Like it's not, there's nothing thematically about it. Like for example, um, the dragon people that they have in the oh, dragon, right? dragonborn. Yeah. yeah it's like, an aesthetic choice to be a dragon. It's really an aesthetic choice in yeah. the fourth edition book. If you oh my God. Like a dragon, yeah. play a dragon. Right. Like I think part of the, uh, the draw, which I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like mm-hmm. part of the no, draw, yeah. at least in a game is to play something that's physically different than you. Yes. Mm-hmm. But they're really just the same They're When it comes to their, their identity, it's, there's no difference in the humanity of it. Right. They're still a human right. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so to that, to that extent, it doesn't really, it's not like a, disagreement with what you're arguing it's just like that's some reason why they might do that right it's yeah. justification it's and and i am not going to be the one to argue with aesthetics like mm-hmm. if your argument to me is like i want to play this race because i think it looks cool right i can't take that what it is. from you i right. can't take that i can't argue with that it's like yeah uh-huh. no i mean that's i mean i like to wear darker clothes because i think it look better in them some people mm-hmm. like pastels like it's a matter of flavoring and choice, you know what right. I mean? Like, I mean, um, it's aesthetic, it's pure aesthetic. When it comes to a story though, right? Like that's when, like you're saying, you want the alternate race. It still has to be some form of humanity because we can't identify narratively with something that isn't in some way human, right? Right. right. But but it's it should tell us something new, right? So like at least in, in Lord of the Rings, the dwarves, even though they're kind of like short humans, there's a whole history to them and there's a whole... Um, emotional tangent to them that makes them different than humanity, at least in their concerns, but they are human in the end, right? Like these are right. humanoid races. That's why they're races rather than species, you know, like. Sure. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'm, I'm glad that we can at least get that out there. So now I won't have to bring it up ever again. You know, I'm like, I can just be a little bitter, you know, like. Yeah. Not, you know, not not like Bitrex bitter, but like just a little bitterness. So I, I mean, I mean, even way. think of like Star Trek races, right? Like, yeah, they're technically yes. aliens, right? But the reality is they're they're tangents of humanity, and otherwise we wouldn't be able yes. to identify with them. Like yes. the reason why we like Spock is because we can see our own need for rationality and an inability to control our emotions in him. Same thing with with like the Klingons, right? We see the potential for like emotional um, range there, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and and nobility and 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 rage right you know i I just kind of realized that i feel like a lot of fantasy races are just like what if versions of humanity yeah that's what they are yeah Yeah, like klingons are just like Mm -hmm. what if humans but warrior culture exactly that's all they are yeah Yeah. and then they get more expanded from there depending on how the story goes you know yeah Mm -hmm. And, and i think that's oftentimes like what I take umbrage with a lot of the time, uh-huh. because it's like, to me, I'd rather explore the humanity of humans mm-hmm. in that way. It's like, you can make a culture that mimics that no problem, call them humans. And like that, that to me, I think is more interesting and honest and true compared to the hacky bullshit that bad fantasy and bad sci-fi writers do when it's like human, butt, you know, well, it's, it's it has to do with genre, right? Like, yeah. If I want to tell a sci-fi story, I certainly I can do it with all humans, but mm-hmm. there's some expectations that I'm going to explore some some fantastical concepts, you know? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get it. I get it. Again, 
let's I'm 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 not even angry. I'm not even bitter a little bit. <laughs> um but but I do I, I feel like my point has been made. So I feel like we can move on a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um before we get into building our world anchor, is there anything else about this world that we really need to explore? One thing that I was thinking since we talked about how they the dwarves don't really want to leave their home or can't without, you know, dying. Um what if that also then leads them to create like much broader networks of caves, like mm, underground mm-hmm. roads essentially, so that they can get closer to the dragons without having to surface too early, basically. Yeah. And then there's like, like kind of natural boundaries that are like, okay, you can go here and no further because this is like dragon country. Like, for yeah. Real. yeah. Yeah. I, I like that concept a lot. I mean, I think it, you know, we can kind of keep a lot of the essence of dwarves to this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, one thing I, I do have in mind, right, is that this seems like one big, broad, epic fantasy story. And the conflict is fairly apparent. It's like hero versus dragons. Is there a is there a secondary antagonist that we can throw in there? Because I feel like there's some missed opportunities with like a secondary antagonist potentially. Oh, maybe the dragons have, um, there are, well, this kind of violates the tenant, but maybe there are one or two um, remaining of one of the races that have been kept alive somehow and they're evil in service of the dragons. Well, we can make them new or they can be like, Maybe it's those weird uh, ghost infected ends that we were talking oh, about or something yeah. along okay. those lines. Put it together. So like maybe there is um, like an elf who remains who's a ghost elf that's part of the tree that serves not necessarily the dragons, but is, like, is has its own intentions. Yes. Mm-hmm. See, that's something that I can get behind. You know, like that's something that I'm more interested in. It's basically like a ghost necromancer that is. Yeah. 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 Also, necromancer ants, like, come on, that's a cool concept. Yeah. We should definitely run with that. <laughs> I bet, I bet then that faction, like, it's undead versions of the of the gone races. Like, mm-hmm. there's a necromancer, but maybe they, he brings others back that way. And so that's why you get to explore what were the races in the past, but they're yeah. distorted versions. And we get revenants of some kind, you know, where yeah. they're not necessarily evil, but they're certainly undead, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, alternatively, we can take a Tolkien... And, you know, like a a big theme within those books was, you know, kind of like industry versus nature. Mm -hmm. And we can take that a step even further and have it be so maybe they're straight up automata or or something akin to like golems or elementals or something like that. And Mm -hmm. maybe that's what the the dragons can use, you know, maybe these are mm. Myrmidons of elementals of, or, or something like that. These are just concepts I'm throwing out here. You know, the dragons could have even like, yeah, crafted golems essentially out of like the metals and scrap ruins of the cities that they destroyed. That's exactly oh, yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah. Like they have the flame and they can meld things together and they have. So, magic so these are like terracotta do. warriors, but yeah. Like yeah. gold maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. Yeah, maybe okay. there it's the gold that that's been melted down in the previous cities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm, yep. I'm I'm certainly okay with this. I like, I, I like the idea of like, and and mind you, I don't see them as like perfect like simulacra. Mm-hmm. Part of me sees them as like half melted, barely humanoid looking monstrosities in some cases. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah, like the dragons yeah. are just kind of dicking around, and also like being assholes about it and yes i could picture a scenario where like they make a one of these golems out of like an old throne and imbue the spirit of the king into it yeah like oh yeah guess what you gotta live with this now so for the rest of eternity why not why not go a step further and like have them like pour molten metals over corpses and Mm. like or or maybe even still living bodies and that's what serves them you know like that's horrifying yeah, it sure is. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool because then you'll then you what you have is um when the dwarf king comes or his descendants with his army, um they're facing that they have to fight through that to get to the dragon exactly. so they can fight mm-hmm. him yeah. one. Yeah, because like I feel like 
Okay, I walked through a desolate landscape. I knocked on the dragon's door. And now it's time for a one-on-one fight. Like, no, come on, man. This is an epic fantasy. We got to yeah. have like minions to burn through. And there's got to be stakes, you know, like there's got to be stuff besides just the dragon. Yeah. And they're also and pushing those forces into their holes, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it also makes those minions very sympathetic if they, I mean, they were forced into these roles and they yeah. are no doubt suffering horribly. Yeah. And are also angry at both the dragons and the dwarves. I, yeah, there we go. I, li- I like that a lot. I like that mm. concept for sure. All right. Mission successful. We've made dwarves that I don't hate, or at least the <laughs> setting we're in dwarves that, that I can tolerate. Let's, let's not go too far. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we're ready to move on to the, uh, the world building anchor. How does everyone feel about that? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. Okay. So we're now going to roll some dice and we're going to figure out uh, something within the world that is incredibly important. And we're going to have to figure out what that is. So we're going to roll some dice and figure out what the theme and what we're focusing on is. We're going to start with what we're focusing on. And that thing is going to be... Well, we kind of just did this almost. A villain. Hmm. All right. The theme surrounding that villain is going to be... Treachery. Interesting. Hmm. So we have a villain whose theme is treachery, I think this basically writes itself because to me, this says a dwarf Mm -hmm. who has sold out his kindred in order for, to gain more power. Maybe the dragons aren't the one who are creating these molten minions, but rather it is a singular dwarf in uh, enthralled to the dragons. And so he is like, all right, yeah, I'll, I'll be a corrupt, evil, horrible asshole and give you these minions. Sure. As long as I'm the, you know, like by your hand, by your side rather than in your path, you know? Yeah. And maybe his reasoning is like, if he's the only dwarf left, he's essentially a God at that point with the amount of power that he would wield. Yeah, maybe. Oh, yeah, he, that's true. Maybe he thinks that he would be able to match one of the dragons in power, and mm. then maybe he's so arrogant that he imagines that he can rule over them rather mm-hmm. than the opposite. You know, maybe yeah, that's he's hoping. Enough, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's. Is there anything else that we want to like uh, drag out of him? Like maybe we can make him a little bit more complex than that, uh, because I feel like. That's boom, quick, cut and dry. Mm. But I feel like there's something that we can add to make him a little bit more interesting. How do we make him sympathetic? Maybe he was the brother of the king who originally kind of caused all of this. And um, he was sort of always second in line. And maybe that's why he devoted his life to blacksmithing and kind of metallurgy and stuff like that. Um, And the dark magics. And the dark magics, yeah. Well, the family line is perfect because that's why there would be such um, tension when Mm -hmm. they finally face him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then there's a little bit of jealousy going on as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Is that sympathetic, though? Because that just, to me, like, justifies his actions in a way. Mm. Um, I think it makes him sympathetic because, you know, if, if it'll be the first king or whoever faces him first has to slay his brother. Like, as much as you might hate him for all the evil things he's done. Like he's still his brother. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're yeah. I mean, I suppose you're kind of approaching it from the angle of the King, right? Like where that's Mm -hmm. where the sympathy lies. I'm looking at it from a, what happens if the first King doesn't do it? That type of thing. What if he is the one who was responsible for crafting all of that equipment out of the, the like, different races metal veins in mm. the first place and i don't know maybe something to do with that see i i think that's a, that brings up an important question is where in the timeline are we as of right now is this mm. like they need to still go and find all of that equipment is it after that that like where are we in terms like where do we want to focus on narratively What's the most interesting aspect that we can focus on right now? Where where do we want to kind of pin ourselves in terms of a timeline? I think part of the issue is that because we have these massive gulfs of time between each slaying, mm-hmm. um, 
you are losing some of attention, right? Mm-hmm. So while that can still be the case, if you want the story to focus on one, then you might want all of these characters to be related to that one group. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you know, for example, this guy, either he exists across all these generations, right? That are slaying all these dragons. Mm-hmm. And so he'll only be related to one of the sets of characters in the beginning. And then the other ones don't really know or care. Or it's like one generation and one giant ass battle and one epic you know yeah i mean one giant ass epic battle is definitely more like lord of the rings style Mm -hmm. fantasy i think Mm. in that case then like you're saying like the this metallurgist could have been the one that forged the original artifacts and Mm -hmm. for whatever reason he's been seduced to, to betray them so now the heroes that face him face the dragons they also face him and his armies Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, you can have words at that point because they know each other. Maybe it was something having to do with the actual crafting and melting down of those metals that something in the metals themselves sort of reached into him, like mm. almost like a radiation type thing and kind of corrupted his mind over time. So it was like a slow sort of downfall that led him to making those golem things. That's that's. Kind of, that's an interesting point. I think there's also something to be said where there's a, there's an interesting plot point that I think we can kind of pick up where maybe the Smith that we're talking about here starts smithing these things together, gets corrupted for whatever reason and leaves a lot of it half finished. So now another plot point and another like point of tension that is created is finding another dwarf who can do the same thing that the smith did mm-hmm. and like that in and of itself is kind of like a mini quest or of some kind that needs yeah. to be resolved that's almost like a chosen one style plot line where you're trying to find like the perfect blacksmith to finish off the creations almost I mean, you can look at this as as the apprentice so like which is would be deviating from the chosen one in that mm-hmm. if, it seems like this this smith is kind of like a saruman in terms of where he fits in the story mm-hmm. and saruman mm-hmm. got corrupted and he joined the dark side basically right so yes. it seems like you're looking for a young apprentice who needs to be taught how to do this mm-hmm. and he has to learn from what whatever remnants are left of his of the metallurgist knowledge to forge the armor and so part his story would be learning how to do that so it's not like you have to be born with this. The person has to actually learn it. Yes. You know? Yeah, exactly. That That's kind of what I had in mind is like finding someone who is willing and capable of learning all of the secrets of the original Smith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he may, maybe, maybe part of it to do with a Luke Skywalker sort of deal. Like maybe part of it is he has to venture to the dragon hills and pretends to apprentice under the metallurgist to get some of that final knowledge, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and then escape. Or- before he kills him. (laughs) Or we could even have it so each subsequent generation isn't going out to fight a dragon. It's going out to find clues and like resources that you can learn to like craft the rest of the armor that you need. It's not like the the king is going out like, all right, I've got the stuff. I'm going to go fight the dragon. It's like, I've got to go find page seven of this lost (laughs) manuscript so we can have a hope, a scrap of hope that we can fight this thing eventually. Because then I think that is in a lot of ways even more heroic because it's not like it's a last stand. It's I'm fighting for the hope of a last stand. And it kind of brings like an interesting exploration aspect in if you were to run this as a campaign. So rather than, you know, only focusing on fighting the dragons, you're focusing on exploring ruined cities and searching like essentially destroyed civilizations for clues and things like that. Yeah, there we go. And and then maybe maybe it's not like all knowledge that the the master smith has and has hoarded to himself, but maybe it's all like techniques and information that he's learned through travel, through understanding other races and stuff like that. And so oh, there is mm-hmm. yeah, so, so maybe there's like this aspect to it where you can go to another dead city or a dead civilization and learn something from them even though they're not there. And on top of that, we can even bring in the ghosts that Courtney had Mm -hmm. brought up earlier. And maybe so it's like you need the smith, the ghost of this dead smith to teach you this one last thing. You know, like Mm -hmm. there's all these different elements that I think we can throw in there when we add in like the the additional elements here. So you brought up the aspect of like the 
sort of original blacksmith traveling and learning these techniques and what if that is what led to his madness like there's something about Ooh. like we talked about how dwarves being on the surface something about that kind of kills them over time like what if them going to the surface like leads them to become mad over time and dwarf they, madness right, yes yeah. like seeing seeing the sky and being out in the yeah. open air is like oh my god what is going on and then we can have, and then we can basically mirror the journey of like Frodo and stuff like mm. that. But with like a dwarf who's like, I've just got to go and find this and bring it back, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And then of course you can have someone who's been out and it's like, you've never seen the sky before. Not like I have, <laughs> you know? It's right. like, yeah. 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 Like you can have the Bilbo of it where it's like, he's already kind of crazy because he's been hoarding this knowledge or he's mm-hmm. already gone and seen the sun, you know, like stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. This is a fun setting for me. I'm I'm very much enjoying myself here, y'all. I think we're at a good stopping place, though. And I think that we now get to potentially fuck everything up with adding a twist. I don't know if we can do anime here. I just can't see that (laughs) happening. So the twist for next episode is going to be there really are monsters under the bed. Um, Okay. I have no idea how we're going to do that. That's up to future me. So that's going to do it for this episode of World Build With Us. Uh, Remember that if you want us to build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com, and you can submit a prompt by clicking the little radial button. Alternatively, you want to follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at Let's World Build. You can always join our Discord by clicking the link in the description for the episode Or if you're feeling particularly generous, you can always give us money over on Patreon. That'll do it for us. And remember that we love you very much. And we're going to get through this together until next week.